Welcome to PropTech Espresso. My name is Mark Hurst, a former investment banker and serial startup junkie turned real estate technologist. On each 15 to 20 minute episode, you'll hear from leading entrepreneurs and industry experts on the opportunities and challenges for the rapidly changing PropTech sector. Thanks for listening today. Grab your favorite beverage and let's learn something new. My guest today is Sonar Haji. Sonar and I were matched together in Plug and Play's Real Estate and Construction Spring 2020 batch. I've learned a tremendous amount about commercial real estate technology from working with Sonar and see the technology is developing um, as front and center as schools, businesses, and families consider the ways in which they're going to try to return to pre-COVID activities. Uh, Sonar started his professional career as project manager at, at Siemens Technologies. After three years in building technologies, he was, supported, he was appointed the MINIA Region Business Development Manager. Uh, during this time, he served as business development manager and was responsible for um, operations in five different countries on three different continents, uh, where he set up operations and grew revenue from zero to 50 million euros in, in two years. Sonos was selected as one of the best uh, innovators under 40 and best young energy professionals in the MINEA region in 2017 and 2018. Since uh, 2018, Sonar has been CEO of Bead Technologies, a company developing high-tech building sensors. Uh, Bead has been recognized by leading organizations such as the UN, European Union, and the Sustainable Management Association as one of the best innovators in 2018. Sonar, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Excited about today. Um, as is typical with my podcast, I'd like to kick things off by defining PropTech. Uh, many of my previous guests have provided insightful answers on this question, and I'm excited to get your thoughts. Uh, Sonar, why is there an inexactness around the definition of PropTech, and how do you define it? Oh, in our case, in, like, in my point of view, I think PropTech is a technology that is basically converting properties uh, into technology, te technologic assets uh, that can also not uh, focus on only being smart, but also uh, becoming intelligent and so that they are uh, a part of our daily life. So basically converting properties into uh, digital technology uh, assets and portfolios. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I think uh, that, that notion of uh, kind of intelligence and making things smart. Um, certainly, you know, things have begun to creep into uh, residential on, on that side. I suspect it exists a lot greater on the commercial side, but probably for most people, at least pre-COVID, uh, they were largely unaware of, of these sorts of um, things um, as part of their their daily lives, they blissfully went on without without realizing it. But I, I suspect, as we consider kind of returning to work, uh, potentially returning to school and other places, uh, people are becoming going to become a lot more uh, familiar with uh, certain uh, prop tech uh, tools and yes. technologies. Definitely, I think that is a really good point because exactly as you said before COVID, people people were more interested. Um, uh, like investing in other properties uh, and also like uh, maybe having just a system that can remotely open and close devices. But COVID showed that I think properties, especially commercial ones like schools, office buildings, retail, shopping malls, and this kind of, they, uh, they need much more information and they need their buildings to be really intelligent instead of like focusing only being smart and uh, but more uh, uh, like uh, having buildings that can really uh, 
integrate with their existing systems and operations. And I think uh, because of COVID, people are right now really much more focused on uh, being connected and uh, getting information anytime, anywhere, instantly from those buildings. And that is uh, that is a big uh, change that we are right now experiencing from uh, from different co co customers, com uh, companies in different world, in different part of the world as well. Gotcha. Just one thing, I just kind of listening to you talk about this, the, the notion of smart cities come, come to mind. Like, I, I think that's a term that uh, gets thrown out a lot. Um, again, it doesn't have a, uh, a definition, at least that the layman is um, uh, really well acquainted with. Um, how do you see some of the stuff that you're developing and, and mm -hmm. uh, kind of the space that you're in tying in with smart mm -hmm. cities? So in our case, like I think an, another important part in, in, in our technology, but also on focusing on smart cities is, uh, I think that is one of the also like the effects of COVID as well, because uh, people, uh, especially before COVID or during the last, uh, say 10 years, if you say smart cities, they, everyone has an, an, another I, uh, idea and everyone was developing another technology, focusing on the something else and like different applications, different verticals and this kind of stuff. But everyone was missing the, the fact that at the end of the day, buildings are uh, creating those cities. And um, uh, in our case, it's especially right now what we are, we are working right now speaking with different municipalities or, or different companies as well that are focused on developing new smart city projects. And what we saw that especially integrating those buildings into into those different applications like uh, starting from like public transportation into uh, into like taxis or or moving to the uh, to the uh, like securing re uh, reopenings and uh, having this kind of uh, information but also uh, even integrating to different insurtech uh, uh, applications in smart cities I think uh, uh, right now especially bringing those buildings right on the center of those applications and then using the buildings as data sources uh, for these applications to make them much more efficient, uh, but also to make, uh, to get more from those buildings as well. And I think that is right now what we are focusing as well, because uh, we want to integrate those, uh, those facilities, uh, buildings and residentials or commercials right uh, into those uh, uh, smart city projects so that they can be really a part of those projects and not just being isolated and not disconnected from those uh, different um, uh, programs or, or platforms as well. Excellent. Um, so you've spent your career in technology specifically around hardware. So I think you bring a unique mm -hmm. perspective to, to PropTech. Um, how do you feel PropTech is important today and what do you see as the biggest PropTech challenges uh, that you're, uh, you're encountering uh, daily? Yeah, I, in, in that part, I mean, uh, I spent like over 10 years in only in, uh, in building automation, building smart building systems and energy management systems and like, uh, uh, and especially in focusing on PropTech, I think, um, the biggest change is um, happening, especially on the uh, uh, on the uh, usage trends and patterns. Understanding usage trends and patterns in those buildings, like uh, because before that, like uh, like I worked in in those different companies. Like we were focused on selling smart building technologies that were 
uh, that were really smart. But uh, I w there was always this part that uh, I was also mentioning that at the end of the day, those, those technologies like smart buildings and building automation, they are as smart as the people that are using it. So, and because at the end of the day, there is always a need for human in that part. So either it is on the programming side or either it is on the calculation side uh, or like you managing all those systems. So, and they were all uh, like calculated and installed before life started in those buildings. And that was causing big problems. So at the end of the day, uh, even if, if you pay like the, for the smartest technology that you have installed in your building. So at the end of the day, after, after life starts in those buildings, everything was depending on human. And uh, that is changing a lot right now. So people want to, uh, especially like real estate investors and companies, either they are tenants or owners of the buildings, they want to have independency from uh, depending on human input and then uh, doing nothing and just waiting but uh, but right now this is changing a lot and um, but even right now I think uh, the biggest obstacle is I think uh, the adaptation cycle from uh, from the traditional build prop tech like that started like 25 30 years ago from like remote controlling devices and moved right now to the to the existing situation, uh, but still the engagement level uh, for uh, like mid to low level uh, uh, employees or, or managers or engineers, it is still moving like a little bit slow. Uh, of course, like they are also like afraid of like, okay, AI or these kind of technologies, they will take over their jobs and this kind of stuff. But, uh, but on the other end, uh, also those systems are opening up new opportunities for those people as well so that they can use that in technology in their favor in order to make more precise decisions as well and then report to their uh, upper level management and this kind of stuff but still i think uh, uh, the engagement level is still a problem especially for in that part uh, but uh, by all we also see that especially on the sea levels that we are also speaking the uh, the shift from those traditional industries and traditional business into the digital world is happening really fast. Excellent, excellent. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's surprising when I when I see this, but uh, you know, we're approaching almost month six of, of COVID now. Um, there's n and with no clear indication that things are going to be changing in in the foreseeable future. Um, you know, Sonar, when you when you think about COVID and the impact on 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 prop tech. Um, how has it been manifesting itself as it relates to um, your work at, at Beads? What, what is your, um, you know, is, is COVID a, a daily conversation and, and how have things mm -hmm. changed uh, kind mm -hmm. of as, as this really came to the forefront for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like uh, to be honest, like in the beginning it affected a lot because like we were focused on commercial buildings and, you know, like, most of them, like 90% of them were closed. And, uh, but interestingly, during the last three months, it's like, I can say that it's accelerated because uh, people saw, especially with people, I mean, like I'm saying, like talking about like uh, real estate investors, construction companies, uh, or like companies like retails or whatever. So they saw that they need to have access to information anytime uh, from those buildings and throughout the building. They want to understand how those user trends are because uh, what we saw is like 90% of the uh, of the calls that we are right now having is focused on uh, preparing for reopenings. 
And those ones that had information, for example, like a historical information about those usage trends and patterns of their buildings, they can right now plan really precise uh, and say that, okay, uh, according to our historical data, like Wednesdays or Fridays were really occupied so that we can, instead of like uh, doing this uh, as it was before COVID, we can optimize this in order to reduce overcrowding in those buildings. They can prepare for reopenings with information that they had before. And, uh, and I think that is also the next normal as well, because uh, as I said, like 90% of our calls and meetings are focused on space optimization. Uh, but also planning for reopenings and, and preventing overcrowding those spaces, but also integrating that information directly with employees, tenants, or even like uh, customers as well that are visiting those buildings instead of like guessing something, uh, but they, will, they are right now preparing for uh, uh, like integrating the building with the people that are using those buildings like saying take okay you don't need to come between 1 p.m to 4 p.m because it's really crowded you can you can work from home or you can visit the building another time or right now it's not the best time to visit or to enter buildings this kind of stuff and and i think that is right now and that will be also interesting to the case as well because uh, as you know like work from home is really right now a, a big issue and it will stay and according to that information, like also like some investors are thinking converting their buildings, like office buildings into living spaces. But in order to have that decision, they need to also have information about how the usage trends were. And, uh, and I, think, I think right now um, we see that that will be like uh, an issue for the following, as you said, like we are right now on the sixth month, but it will be the issue for the following six months or even like our, in our case, it will... Uh, it will it will continue like for the following one year as well. Yeah, I think it's an in interesting point um, on an, on a number of things there. You know, the returning to work is not going to be this binary decision. You know, it's you know it's it's going to be um, you know information driven as as you were indicating, yes. where the you know the then um, it's not necessarily the um, human human. Uh, uh, or the businesses themselves are not necessarily going to be dictating it. It's going to be a collaborative effort between the businesses, the, the building owners and, and others, yeah. perhaps even uh, local governments as they, they oh, yeah. look to um, ensure that uh, things are done in a, a safe manner. I think everybody's, you know, worst fear is that like, um, you know, uh, decisions are made and then, um, you know, you have, uh, uh, major outbreaks because, um, you know, there was no uh, precautions or precautions were taken, but, you know, the, the real-time nature of what we're dealing with um, yeah. uh, requires feedback loops and, and um, you know, uh, other decisions to be made um, in order to en ensure that everybody is, is, is healthy and, and safe. So uh, it's going to be definitely, um, you know, uh, you know, whether it's a, an app on our phone or, or, or oh, yeah. information that we're receiving, it's definitely going to be this um, uh, kind of uh, different different way of, of, of kind of uh, going about our, our, our business um, in, in uh, you know, that's, that's very different from the, the pre-COVID days. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is definitely the case. I think uh, like there was this ad that we prepared like one and a half years ago that was that started like imagine a building that prepares your building for you. So at that time, people were thinking, oh, okay, that's not necessary. And but right now, that is exactly what is going on. Like a, a building that can that is preparing himself to reopenings, but also afterwards as well. And uh, I and I think that also shows that uh, instead of seeing those buildings as concrete structures. Uh, but more seeing them uh, as living ecosystems that can be really an important part of our of our life. But right now, even an important part of our health, but also like security or this kind of stuff. So that is that is interestingly uh, changing on a really fast way. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, before we uh, leave today, I'd love you to again to give you a platform to talk a little bit about uh, bead, what you're what you're doing, and and. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, kind of where your your roadmap is is taking you. So, uh, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about the technologies. Sure, sure. So what we do with Beat is basically we are creating two dimensional models of of commercial buildings by using our own devices and converting them into data sources uh, in order to understand human behavior in those buildings. We are focused on understanding what causes people to stay inside, like how indoor temperature levels, how humidity levels how lighting level affects people to move from certain part to another part of the building. And even right now, how even how architectural design affects those uh, changes, those usage patterns or occupancy patterns. And then integrate that information, that analytics directly with the building's operation, starting from space optimization, moving into facilities management, and then also moving into building management system and the HVAC system so that the buildings become more adaptive and dynamic uh, and then uh, reduce the cost, but also optimize uh, the whole operation for, uh, for the companies. And, um, and right now what we do is, interestingly, I think, uh, as I said, COVID also showed that um, some, uh, like we are right now focused, really focused on Southeast Asia and uh, also uh, on the, uh, in the U.S. market as well, but uh, at the beginning, as you said, right now, what we focus is uh, integrating our technology to different verticals and providing them information, real-time information from those buildings. Like uh, right now, it is really uh, focusing on smart city projects, but also uh, optimizing the cool. Because I think right now, the biggest one of the biggest concerns that those companies have is reducing their operational costs and maintenance costs or all this kind of stuff because at the end of the day they are uh, they had like these huge uh, problems with revenue streams and this kind of stuff and and right now i think we with the information that we are providing they can optimize their uh, whole operations and also prepare for uh, for the next level of let's say new normal and um, and we are growing right now uh, on a really good way and especially also expanding uh, to other regions, even right now we shipped our products to Australia, to Japan, and to Hong Kong, and uh, also right now we're working on some projects in Germany as well. And uh, yeah, I cannot complain, and, and we are also uh, trying to prepare for the high demand that we are right now getting. Awesome. Um, you know, looking into your, uh, your, your crystal ball here, any, any uh, mm -hmm. final thoughts on kind of transformation uh, uh, opportunities within, within PropTech, um, specifically kind of the commercial space that you're, uh, mm -hmm. I, you're uh, thinking about or, or would, would like to see somebody else work on? <laughs> I think like what we see, like well, in our case, it is uh, like uh, 
this is maybe because of COVID or not, but uh, you know, especially the prop tech business, this was really like fragmented. So there were like different applications, different platforms, like software platforms, hardware platforms, all the information was really siloed. So they were not directly connected or speaking with each other. And uh, what we would like to achieve, like we, what we are seeing is, I think it is more uh, uh, becoming concentrated and connected also with each other, like uh, systems or APIs that were not open before, they are right now opening up their platforms or APIs and providing information. And uh, I think um, what we see is especially instead of having these really big uh, uh, and like traditional companies that can that are there for the last 100 years, especially focusing on building automations and smart buildings, uh, they will be, instead of them, there will be more like small, but more agile and fast solutions and innovative solutions that are on the field. And I think uh, especially like even really old kind of building can be converted into becoming an intelligent building with really uh, uh, non-invasive, but also really easy way to integrate as well. Those technologies are right now coming and uh, I think that will also be the case instead of like only having one option or that which was like speaking with those big companies right now it will be more uh, an option to have these kind of uh, easy to integrate fast to integrate solutions that can really convert any building into uh, a data source but also intelligent building and I think that is also the uh, the future as well especially in the product. Awesome. With that, Sonar, unfortunately, I'm going to have to draw this uh, conversation to a conclusion. I uh, really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today, and hopefully we can have you back uh, for a future episode and, and hear more about the innovative solutions that uh, BEAD has been bringing to market. Uh, for anyone in the audience looking to contact you, what's the best way for them to reach you? So the best way is like I am always online on LinkedIn or through uh, through my email. I always reply, which is Soner S O N E R at beats.digital. and they can they can reach reach me out on both sides. So I I'm really happy to connect and share information, share experience, and also thank you very much having me in the in the podcast. And it was really fun and it's really good. Thanks. All right, Soner. No, I really enjoyed it. Looking uh, appreciate your your time. I thought your the, the, the answers you provided were, were really insightful and um, look forward to our, our next uh, episode uh, together. Thank you very much and uh, thanks and goodbye. Ciao. All right. Ciao. You've been listening to an episode of PropTech Espresso. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, visit herstex.com backslash podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with a new episode.